Welcome to the Radiant Visalia podcast. Join us at one of our two services, 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m. Download the Church Center app or visit our website, radiantvisalia.com, to stay connected with us. All right, enjoy. I'm going to share a little bit about Beach Camp and, uh, with, and some scriptures. And so before I do, I'm going to read Isaiah 44, 2 through 3. Thus says the Lord who made you, who formed you from the womb, and will help you. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. Thank you, Father, for the promise of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for sending your spirit on us, the thirsty ground. We just receive your spirit Thank you that you cried out on the last day of the feast, if anyone thirsts, (laughs) come to me. And if you believe in me, according to the Scriptures, rivers of living water will flow from your belly. Thank you, Lord, for your Spirit. Would you come? Amen. Beach Camp's theme was all about God's power. It was uh, called Cross Current. Uh, experiencing the power of God that flows from the cross. And um, in March, like four months before beach camp, I just was praying about beach camp. And in that moment, I had never had this before, but I had such clarity on what we were going to talk about. And I wrote down every night what we were going to talk about. And it just came to me within an hour. And I was so happy, so pleased. I didn't have to wonder what we were going to do. But I was like, all right, we are going to pursue God's power. And this verse was the one that inspired me to chase after this theme. It's from 1 Corinthians 2, 3-5. through Paul says, I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. And I, I love that scripture because it, it does mention power, but I just wonder how much of us, uh, including myself, my faith sometimes can rest on maybe good arguments, persuasive words, and maybe human wisdom, but that how, that's like a house of cards. When we're shaken, that's going to fall. I really, really want, Lord, I want to rest on your power And God's power comes to deliver us. God's power comes to set us free, to bring us salvation through the cross of Jesus Christ. And I wanted to, I want all my faith to rest on Christ's power to come through and bring salvation and to conquer, to overcome. And so I also wanted that for the kids. Because if we're honest, a lot of times we do have a beach camp or we do have these good moments. But I just wonder how much of us walk away with our face resting on that power. 
instead of just the experience. And, and we all know this. We all know the beach camp experience and, um, or just some of you have had great experiences but maybe have fallen away. And yeah, and that, that's really hard. And we're just wondering, God, where are you? And so my prayer was that our faith would rest on this power. And it wouldn't just be the leader's good ideas, my good ideas, some cool words that I threw in there, some awesome games that we played, and then the beach, which is amazing. Um, I really genuinely wanted to see God's power on display. So we prayed in that direction. And like I said, I, um, I was just so happy. I mean, I, all this came to me. I was like, this is our direction. All the work was done now. It's downhill from here. Got my theme. Now I got to do all the things that I already know how to do. And we'll just coast to a beach camp. And, you know, the Lord's watching me pursue uh, power. And he's just thinking, you have, you have no clue what you're asking for. And you have no clue what's going to happen. And he's probably smiling, knowing I'm going to come through. But when we when we ask for God's power, we should prepare to receive it in weakness. When God's power is released to defeat our enemies, He invites us into a posture of weakness so that we're not depending on any human strength or resources or wisdom. We see this happen uh, in the book of Judges. You could read this, Judges 6 through 8, it's the story of Gideon, and I'm not going <clears> to <throat> read that whole story. I'm going to paraphrase it, get right to the main point. But basically, the Israelites were oppressed by the Midianites, and God was raising up Gideon to deliver his people. And so <clears throat> Gideon gathered an army of 32,000 men, and I'm sure they were pumped. 32,000 men, we're just going to storm the gates. They're a little bit bigger than us, but we got 32,000 men. Gideon's probably excited that people even showed up. And then God has this strange thing that he says, and he said, oh, I can't deliver you from the Midianites. You have too many men. If you guys do it, you'll think that it was your own strength that accomplished that. So he whittled it down. He had this little process, and 10,000 left. Now they're left with 22,000 men. And Gideon's probably like, okay, 22,000, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 22,000, that's good. Uh, that's probably strong enough. I think we could still do it, God. We got 22,000, and you, this is going to work out. And God said, no, still too much men, too many men. Whittled it down at the end of the day, 300. 300 men against an army of thousands upon thousands. And God is the one who kept the 300. Everyone else bailed out. Or there was a process. He dismissed them. But God kept these men. Because this is a stupid plan. I mean, it, it needed God's hand on it. This was so dumb. 300 versus thousands upon thousands. So God did have a plan. He got those 300 men. And I'm sure Gideon just felt confused. He probably just didn't understand. He had no clue how, how we have no strength. We have zero strength. 300 men against the number they have might as well be zero. This is dumb. How are we going to do this? God told them this strange plan. At night, they surrounded 
the camp of the Midianites. And they, what they did was they got these jars of clay with torches in them and trumpets, and they sounded the trumpets, they smashed the jars of clay, and boom, the light shone around the hills, and the Midianites were thrown into confusion, and God defeated them, and they fled. Yeah, amen. That's, that's awesome. On the other side, it's awesome. When you're 300 men with no strength, and you have stupid things in your hands, and they don't, it's scary. But God's power was put on display. Check out what's said in 2 Corinthians 4, 5-7. through 7. For what we preach is not ourselves, says Paul, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in, jar, this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. So in this passage, I believe Paul is referring to the Gideon, Gideon's army, and he talks about those, Paul, uh, those jars of clay. And basically, when those jars of clay are broken, the light shines through. And so Paul's saying, when we're broken in weakness, God's glory shines through us. And when we're, we're, when we're in weakness, God's power is on display, and he puts our enemies to flight. God will drain our strength to exercise His on our behalf. And how does this happen? There's another passage that we don't really like too much sometimes. There's parts of it we like, we quote, but the other hard ones we kind of leave out. I've done it before because it can be confusing. This passage is from 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then... I am strong. Paul prayed three times. He had probably intense prayer meetings trying to get this messenger of Satan out, get this thorn out, and he's probably used to seeing the pain leave. He's probably used to seeing demons fly away and sicknesses healed, so he's praying. But for some reason, God's not backing down. He's not moving. And so Paul comes to find out that God put it there and it's not moving. Why? How frustrating. Why would he do that? Why would God ordain a thorn for us? Why would he do that? And so sometimes we read this and we're like, poor Paul. He just always was tormented. And he maybe had like bits of like experiencing God's grace. But that's not how Paul ends. Paul is rejoicing and boasting. It doesn't sound like anyone who's tormented. And so what I think is happening is that God put the thorn in his flesh to protect him from pride. That's what it says. So when Paul was tempted to get in his flesh and to get in pride, he would feel really uncomfortable. The, the um, messenger of Satan was allowed to torment him. And then Paul would just go, ah, I don't like it here. I'm going to go back into weakness. Thank you, God, for keeping me in weakness. 
Thank you for your grace. It's all up to you. It's all up to you. It's your power, not my strength. It, you're going to save me, not me. Your power is going to bring the gospel to the ends of the earth. I don't need to do it in my own strength. It's you, God. And then sometimes he'd be tempted to go back into pride, but God said, no, I'm going to protect you. I'll put that thorn there. And then he'd, boop, no, 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 no. I'm going to go back into weakness. And so God did that for me. I prayed, God, we want to rest on your power to deliver, the power of the cross to save. We, we want your power on display, God. Would you send your power? Would you work through our leaders? Would you do it? And what I'm praying for is for God to be God with power and me to be weak. And God's saying, okay, okay. I'll, you'll be weak and I'll be strong. Great. Yes. Amen, God. Well, this is what the thorn looks like for me. Um, you know, like I said, in March, I had everything figured out, just coasting to beach camp. We got the side already. Everything's like early, you know. It's like, man, this is going to be a smooth ride to God's power. And um, <laughs> no, a week, a week before beach camp, um, there's just all hell breaks loose. Uh, within our team, there's little fires that are happening, weird things that are going on. One of our teammates gets sick and can't make it, so our, our numbers are dwindling. Eight kids cancel. Eight kids. And that's so discouraging. Every time you read a cancellation, you're like, no, I wanted you to go. You know, and they have good reasons, some of them, and some of them I don't know. But, uh, you know, you're praying, and you put a lot of effort. You want to get them to go. But it's just, like, draining, like, the team's uh, going through wild stuff. We're having to pray. The kids are dropping out. And we would have had, like, our biggest beach camp. But then the eight kids left. And you're like, no, we're, we're losing blood. And then the campsite at McGrath floods, and they shut the camp down. And I don't know anything. I'm trying to call the park ranger. Can't figure out, are we going to have beach camp or not? Uh, the camp's closed. And if it's closed, you just don't tend to get in and have a camp when it's closed. So I was just thinking... Lord, what are we doing? And, and my tailor-made thorn, if God wants to get me, I cannot handle what if. I am the worst at what if. That's like the button, the what if. When you go to the doctor and you have to have test results and you have to wait those two freaking weeks, the what if is so hard. And here I am in the waiting room, right? Is beach camp going to die? What if? What if this? What if all the parents slap me in the face and tell me that, that I ruined their kid's summer because they didn't go on vacation. They instead wanted to go to beach camp and now you can't deliver. So I'm what ifing. And so this is me. I'm, I'm going to jump in my flesh and worry and, and operate from a place where I can figure everything out. I'm going to start making more phone calls. I'm going to... And the trust in God thing, that's for other people. I need to get this done. You know, like... I'm in my flesh, and God's just putting, putting a thorn right there. And I know it. I know what I'm doing. I know I'm in my flesh. I know I'm worrying. I know I'm not supposed to be. I know I'm supposed to be trusting. And everyone on staff, you know, I'm telling, like, hey, just pray. This is what's happening. And everyone on staff's like, hey, it's going to be a good year. Wow, power of God's going to move. More fair before. Yeah. And I'm like, are you crazy? This is the what if. You guys don't understand the what if like I do. And so I had to fight to stay in a place of trust and to just pray. 
And, and this is embarrassing to admit, but I'm going to be vulnerable before you guys. When I get overwhelmed, I, instead of like completely folding and quitting, which, man, that could happen, I, just pr- I, I was praying, Daddy. I just said the words, Daddy, to God over and over again. And, and that sounds weak. It's because it is. I'm very needy. I can struggle with anxiety. And so to pull something off, as big as what I think this is, I, I, need, I need to lean on God so bad. I have to call him daddy. I just said daddy over and over again. And man, he sustained me. He was there with me. Just like, because I have a son and I know uh, I can see myself supporting him and sometimes it's easy to see God doing that for me. And so I just prayed in weakness. And God kept me. He kept me. He kept me. And he opened the door to McGrath. You know, we did end up going. But by the time I got to beach camp, I was drained. I had no strength. I was like, why am I doing this? This was a miserable week. Terrible week. Why am I even going? Why do I even want to do this? And God was smiling, probably going, well, now you're asking really good questions. Why are you doing this? Are you doing this for your image? Are you doing, you know, and I'm like, oh, crap. God, I want your power. That's why, God. I want to love the kids. God, I want you to be glorified. And it just, just that drop that was in me just started to proclaim the truth. And, and I got to camp weak, though. I was weak and uh, not wanting <laughs> to do the games, not wanting to pretend, you know, that I'm not really that bothered, not wanting to hear complaints about ants and, you know, whatever. Yeah, there's a lot of ants. Black ants, though. Hallelujah. Yeah, praise those black ants. Just kidding. Don't do that. Um, So I just found myself in a place where I was, God, I can't produce anymore. And I've only been a Christian 10 years. I've been doing youth ministry for nine, and I'm finally figuring out. I I know a little bit now. I'm finally figuring out that I I can't, like, convince on my own. I can't convince kids on my own. I can't save kids on my own. I can't love kids on my own. I just, I need that water poured out on the thirsty land. And God took me to a place. He took me to that place, and I thank Him for it now. It's hard in it, but I thank Him because the power of God came to beach camp. Each night, we had power in the house. God's power to save. People were saved. People were delivered of things. I had special people that knew how to pray, (laughs) take some kids and pray for them. Elle told you that she fell on the floor laughing. Another girl also. Just having joy. God's actual power and love touching them and delivering them and freeing their minds from tormenting thoughts. And I look around the room and every student is reacting a different way. And just Wednesday night, we worship for four hours. Four hours. That's a big deal, even for me. I was in the house of prayer, and sometimes that, those songs are so good, but it can get dry in there. It was not like that. We did it for four hours. I didn't even preach a sermon. God just was moving. And by the end of it, we were all having fun. We were all laughing in the presence of God. We were all high-fiving and God showed up, and we were just giving him glory. And we, yeah, we just thank you, Jesus, that it's your power. 
We love you. And so I, I, um, I'm going to end right now wanting to pray for us. I, I, I mean, if you feel drained, if you feel like your strength has been drained and you are dry, you're at the end of your rope and you're like, I can't produce anymore. I just can't do it. I can't do what God's calling me to do with my marriage, with my kids, with my school, the future. I just don't know how I'm going to pull this off. I think you're in a good place because when you're weak, He will be strong. Let me pray. Father, pour out Your Spirit. We need Your power to conquer, to overcome we need your power. And some of, some of you in here uh, might not even know the Lord, but his presence is, is prompting you. And, and it's actually by his grace that you'll be saved today. So we just thank you, God, that you're going to be saving, delivering, and causing us to overcome all of our obstacles. We bless you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We want to be a resource for you as you walk with Jesus. So please connect with us at radiantvicelia.com. Until next time. There is a heavenly city that I'm compelled to find. Oh, I love the flowers and trees and the smell of the grinding sea. And all the beautiful things here in life